Welcome to the Why Weight Elevate podcast, where we share key information to help you lose weight the right way and then transition to a lifestyle that helps you keep it off. Our hosts are experts in obesity medicine and have collectively treated thousands of patients for obesity and are here to help you on your own journey. As busy parents ourselves, we totally understand what it's like to try and live healthy while also trying to stay on top of the busy demands in our life. We are excited that you decided to join us today. Hey everyone, as some of our hosts have medical licenses, we need to share the following legal disclaimer with you. Please note that our podcast is not intended to, and must never be considered, a substitute for professional medical advice from a doctor or other qualified healthcare professional. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare professional with questions you may have regarding your medical condition. This podcast is not intended to be relied upon for medical diagnosis or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of our content. Welcome, everybody, to the Why Weight Elevate podcast. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the common mistakes that people make when they begin their weight loss journey. This is Quincy, and I'll have everybody else introduce themselves as well. Uh, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Ron. And I'm Kelsey. Awesome. Okay, so that's a big question, everybody, the question of what are the common mistakes people make? I know you guys in your practices see this all the time. So who wants to go first? like Dr. Rigby's being nominated. I, I guess it's me. Well, I think there's a lots of mistakes that people make. Um, part of it is trying to make too many changes, like you, we have said in the previous uh, recordings, is trying to do too much at one time, but that is a huge factor. But also um, focusing too much to the things you've always been taught, trying to cut back calories, trying to... So let's talk about calories first before we talk about that. Cheryl, what's a calorie? A unit of energy. And how many receptors does your body have for that calorie? Nobody knows the answer to that. Zero. Because <laughs> your body doesn't, I doesn't understand the whole concept of a unit of energy. So that's where the idea is like, oh, I'm supposed to eat less and less and less. No, your body needs energy to run. And your brain needs a lot of energy to function. So we need that energy and we need calories we need need that so trying to do less is not always a good way to go about it that'd be one of the big mistakes for me um, i think mindset is a big one for people they go in and they think hey i'm gonna take this on and my life is going to be perfect as soon as i lose x amount of weight um but really if you don't love the person sitting right there in the chair right now today you're not going to love the person down the road 30 pounds less so I think getting into the right mindset that you're doing this for the long term. There's no quick fix results when it comes to weight loss. That's why we have a diet of, or a culture of dieting here in the United States, because we want quick fixes. We want quick results. And weight loss, you just can't play that game. You've got to be in it for the long haul. I always tell my patient this should be a lifestyle. And I always tell them, take 100 years. My goal is to get everybody to 100 years old, so subtract their current age. That gives them how an idea of how much longer they need to be working on this journey and looking at it from that perspective because we want quick fixes. So my next question is how quick did you get to this weight you're currently at? It wasn't a quick fix to get to that point. So looking at that mindset is definitely a key aspect. Yeah, when you look at obesity and what it truly is, you got to factor in there's behavioral, there's cultural, there's emotional, 
there's preferences that you have to consider because we've associated everything with food, right? You, you go play soccer for 30 minutes and I'm gonna give you a juice box and a donut, right? We start when we're just little kids and, and then we think, oh, you, you get all these good happy emotions that are associated with food, but that's what we turn to when we're anxious or tired or bored or whatever other emotion is out there. So you've got to take all these decades of years where you've associated food with every emotion behavior and you have to start disassociating all of that. And that takes time. And it really takes practice. You have to be able to, every day, you get better and better and better at it. And you'll hit a wall, you get over it, and you're gonna hit that wall again, and you're like, hey, I know what to do. I've already done this. You get over it, but then you're gonna hit another wall. And that's what makes this a long-term process, not short-term fixes. And the other thing I wanna quickly add on that, the mindset and the long-term process is that the way your lifestyle was, the way you were eating beforehand was not working for your body. So right trying to lose weight, trying to figure out um, what your body needs, your lifestyle is going to change and being okay with that and going at the pace your mind and body is okay with so that it's not, it feels natural and easy because you feel better, you have more energy, you can do everything you want to do versus feeling tired and achy and um, overweight. Right. So in, another thing to add are the expectations that we put on ourselves. No body is the same. Like my body is not the same as Quincy or Rigby or Kelsey or anybody else because it's unique to me. So I don't have to be whatever society says, a size zero, size two, whatever. I can just be me. And as long as I can wake up and I can do whatever I want to do that day and my body doesn't hold me back, that's the definition of health. And that's what you're going for. Yes. I love that. Very true. I have questions. Okay, I was like, another common mistake is uh, the comparison. Right. Oh, oh, third, yeah. So third mistake is the comparison. Comparison, for sure. Yes, and so reminding yourself that your body is unique, and just because something worked for someone else or your friend on social media, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will work for you. That's a mindset switch a little bit to, to realize you're not aiming for so-and-so's perfect body type that's not your own, but being willing to accept and be happy with your body. Where you're at. Hmm. Goes back to what you said at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you really have to be comfortable with the person sitting in the chair right now, today. Okay. Because it doesn't matter how much weight you lose or how many pounds you chase. If you're not happy with who you are right now, you never will be. And then you're just in the, the dieting culture. Not cool, but Not cool. understanding. And I <laughs> Wrong word to use. <laughs> yeah, and something I work with a lot of my clients with is that some bodies genome, like their genes, do not want them to be a size two. And that's fine. Yes, but helping, like making sure, like getting them to be okay with that. Because it's hard. It's we're hard one. You know, if you find that perfect diet, you'll be that size you want to be. But it might not be realistic. Well, the thing is, our society, because we look at magazines or social media or TV or movies, it's always these small, skinny women or these big, buff men who we go, oh, that's the ideal person that I'm supposed to be. Well, unfortunately, if you go back and look at history, we've done that for years and years and actually decades because studies are now showing that the Egyptians, even though you go look at all their, 
their carvings and quote unquote their social media and their yeah. their magazines were all these tall, skinny people. Actually go look at the studies of the mummies. They were obese with coronary artery disease. So it's not a new thing to our culture. It's been an ongoing thing. And we're trying to change some of that or break it or at least help you look at it from a different perspective. Your value and worth as a human being is not related to a number on the scale or a size of clothing. It's unique to you. And I can't repeat that because that is like a huge thing to remember. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing for people to understand that that there is no size or poundage that we are going for. So that's that's mistake number four. Wouldn't you say the scale? Yes, I would definitely say the scale. Definitely. But also the idea of what is my ideal weight? Yeah. I hate the question mm-hmm. because I go, okay, let's look at it. I can cut off your weight. You get down the weight. doesn't mean it solves your metabolic problems mm-hmm. or you like who you are or you're able to do the things you want to do, but you hit the scale, the number on the scale. It doesn't solve the problem. Don't focus on the number on the scale. Focus on all the things we've talked about, how you're feeling. Get your metabolic numbers or how you're, you're how things are functioning inside your body better, that's more important than looking at a number on the scale. Oh, can I say how much I hate the scale? Because, like, <laughs> we still, I think so we have that video. Number, uh-huh. A number, and we wake up and we get naked and we get on the scale and we say, I'm an awesome person because I lost one pound, or I'm a horrible person because I lost a pound. And, and then it either makes or breaks our day based on the scale, and the scale's a liar. Really, if you're tracking on the scale every single day, all you're tracking is your poop. That's what it is because it will change so much within 24 hours. Or your menstrual cycle if you're female. Yeah. There's so many variations. The pull of the moon, the humidity in the air. Like how hot is it outside? You're going to carry a few extra pounds of water. Whether I had a fight with somebody, would that make it? Your stress level, yes. So get off the scale and go with with what Dr. Reiki said and focus on how do my clothes fit? How are my energy levels? Am I able to do a back-to-back workout and recover and do just fine to get right back to it? That's going to tell you way more than a scale number. Very true. Yeah, I completely agree. Other mistakes? These are great ones. Um, we can keep going. <laughs> yeah. um, something um, starting like a weight loss journey or trying to change your diet in the middle of like some extra stress or big life change. Right. Um, that's just not helping like set yourself up for success. No, and for women, we all know the week before and the week during our periods, we want to eat everything and kill somebody. Not the best time to start a brand new lifestyle. So start right after your period when you feel like you got things a little bit more under control. Then you get, quote unquote, about two weeks of good success or at least going the right direction. Then when you have a hard time you're going, okay, it's that time of month. Mm-hmm. Let's give myself a little bit more leeway, not going back to where I was, but maybe I'm backsliding a little bit. So when I get back out of this quote unquote period part of my cycle, I'll be a little bit farther ahead than when I was when I started. Right. So keep that in mind is your, those women, fluctuation of those hormones is a huge factor. And then when you get older and you're starting to go through perimenopause or going right through that, that big change in your body and before or after, hormones play a huge role. So keep in mind that those hormones, yes, men, we have hormones too, but 
that it affects us so much. We need to look at that and focus on that and do the things we can to help it, but also understand we can only control so much without using additional medications and going to see your doctor. And again, we're not establishing medical care. So go talk to your doctor about these things, but we need to look at those aspects and understand where you are on that cycle and on that journey. Yeah, and we touched on this a little bit, but I think another point is people give up too quick. They're like, oh, I didn't get results. It's been two weeks and nothing. I haven't lost anything because they're on the scale. And they, they don't realize that this takes so much time and you have so many factors and variables. And like we said, what worked for patient A is not going to work for patient B. So really, it, it, takes, it takes a while for everything to kind of adjust and get your body kick-started into the weight loss mode. So be patient. So this reminds me a little bit of um, my wife's and um, her health journey. Um, she is a diagnosed celiac disease um, and it took her so a long time. She was diagnosed before it became a common um, household type of a disease. And she was on the gluten-free diet for over a year before she stopped feeling um, all the pain in her stomach. It was discouraging for her. Sure. It was very discouraging because she thought, am I doing the right thing? Is this really what's helping? Is this really what's going? Um, is this what's going to change things for me? And it literally took her a year almost to be able to even start feeling a change in her symptoms. Um, and so it sounds very similar. It makes sense, though, because she went for years, right, with these mm -hmm. inflammatory responses. Yes. And it takes time. Just like a cut on the outside of your leg, it takes time to heal and recover. Mm -hmm. And these are inflammatory responses from a weight loss perspective right. as well. People mm -hmm. who are obese, um, their body's having to re-heal itself. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Jokingly, I always tell, ask the patients, how long did it take them to gain the weight? So if they said 10 years, I always tell them, I get 20 years to lose it. Why? Does it really take that long? No, but so you're not focusing on getting obsessed with it because when you were gaining the weight, you weren't going, oh, am I not exercising enough? Or am I limiting my sleep enough? Am I changing my eating habits enough that I'm actually gaining weight fast enough? Nobody worries about that. Unfortunately, when we're deciding to lose weight, we want it all done yesterday. Right. We, so we gotta give yourself time. You give yourself twice as much because we've gotta fix up some of those hormones as get the inflammatory process improved. We help with the insulin resistance or get the cells to work with this insulin a lot more effectively to fix your sleeping habit, to learn new techniques of how to deal with your stress, to change habits so exercise is something you want to do versus feel like you have to do. So looking at all that, there is huge changes that we can make. It just takes some time. Yeah, I would say it, you have to heal from the inside out. So it, and it takes a lot of time to, to recover and heal from that process. So be patient with yourself. It's so not yeah, going to happen overnight. The inside changes us quickly, but things are changing. Right. Yeah. What about dietary mistakes? Um, people, what are some mistakes people make when they're starting out? Like, I want to try this diet and this diet and this diet. And what are ones that you see? The same one I see the most common, people want that quick fix, but it's not sustainable. If keto is sustainable for you, go for it, do it, wholeheartedly jump in. If low carbs are more your approach, do that. Mediterranean, vegan, whatever's gonna work for you in the long run. So sustainable changes. There's yeah, no magic supplement or diet, no matter what the advertisements say, that will guarantee long-term weight loss. Mm -hmm. 
Well, part of it is also looking at what you're trying to get out of it and how severe you need to change things. But what do you want to do long term? So if you're going, I eat vegetables all the time and the idea of eating meat or the whole idea of that makes me sick. Well, trying to go low carb carnivore keto probably isn't the best way. Trying to do more carnivore, that doesn't mean we can't work on getting that or getting that vegetarian to uh, more of a low-carb keto aspect of it, but start with the things you feel like you can do long-term versus going whatever is trendy or popular. But I can make the argument that low-carb keto is not the trendy diet because we have research showing it for a long time and the standard American diet is actually more of a trendy diet, but that's a whole other aspect. We'll get that to another podcast. <laughs> yes. like another thing from the food standpoint, I hate good lists and or loud food. Yes. Loud food, um, good food, bad food. Getting rid of those labels um, because it's our culture that's made those labels. It's our mindset. Um, so finding out the foods that make you feel good, that give you energy to do everything you want to do, that's what agrees with your body. Right. Very true. And in and in our clinic, the list that I give people, I'm going, these are foods that overall people have done well with trying to do this. But if you don't like them or you don't do well with it or quote unquote, you're allergic to it, great. Don't need it. Don't just because it's on a list doesn't mean you should do it. It's more of expanding or, or if there's something that's not on this list, but similar to it, but you try it and you do well with it. Great. Use it. So definitely work with what your body it's what you've got to work with and try different things and be adventurous and try things that are in season or something you've never tried before you might not like it now it might gross people out but when i lived in korea for two years i ate dog would i want to eat it on a regular yes it did have was streaming like chicken but <laughs> But you'd never know unless you try it. So be willing to try those things. <laughs> yes, they, they raise dogs for that. It doesn't, it's not very often, but <laughs> trying things you're not used to is part of it. Can I just try a Snickers bar instead and see how I do? Uh, <laughs> you can. You can eat whatever you want. You just don't get to choose the response or the consequences. You know what? There's some... There's some truth to what you just said because um, we be, we become so disassociated between our brains and our bodies that half the time we don't even know how this food is impacting us. And if you look at food like a medicine, this is something we do three to six times a day. So we really need to make that, that connection between the brain and the body and say, yeah, you know what? This bowl of berries is going to make me feel a whole lot better than this bowl of cereal. So be more mindful of what it is and and trying to figure out which foods fuel your body the right way and that's why i always tell people if you don't feel good and you realize it take a couple minutes and kind of think back okay what did i eat over the last 6 12 24 hours not the volume of the food but what type of food right and what do i think what was so is there something new okay let's try it without that Oh, I stopped it. I feel better. Let's try it again. I don't feel so good. So let's get rid of that food. Even though it might be on one of those lists that we talk about, it's a good thing for you. Your body doesn't do well with it. Your body's unique. Everybody's is. So you have to figure out you. 
you're a big puzzle and you're the only one who can put it together. We're just here to help you. Correct. Thanks for joining us on the Why Wait Elevate podcast. We hope this episode has been helpful for you. If you found it to be so, can you please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice like iTunes or Stitcher? It really helps others hear about this podcast and we really want to help as many people as we can. Thank you.